Welcome to the Two Stewards Show. Bitcoin. What a hoax. What a Ponzi. What a scam. What nonsense. It's too volatile. It's too complex. It's too risky. Criminals use it. It consumes way too much electricity. I can't buy anything with it. It doesn't pay me dividends. It doesn't even have intrinsic value. They're going to tax it. They're going to ban it. They're going to confiscate it. There's no point even looking at it. Today, Mark and I talk about Bitcoin. You'll hear a little bit about our personal journeys, how we came across Bitcoin, what we've learned about it, what it means to us today as real estate investors. How does it stack up against other monetary instruments? We even take a quick look at the morality of a Bitcoin monetary system. As real estate investors, we want to know what is going on in our world and why things work the way they do, particularly when it comes to the monetary system and any potential changes there, so that we can make informed investment decisions for ourselves and our clients. If you'd like to learn more about us, Mark has a business called Joy Hill Property Management, helping folks set up and manage short and midterm rental properties. You can reach him at joyhill.ca. Myself, Brent, I can be found at goodstewards.ca, where we help folks source the right investment property, develop quality rental units, and secure amazing tenants. And if you want to reach the show, email us at hello at two stewards.ca, T-W-O stewards.ca. And now let's dip our virtual toes into the intangible and mysterious world of magic internet money. Hello folks. Welcome back to the two stewards show. My name's Mark and I'm here with Brent. Hello, folks. Hi, Brent. <laughs> we're super excited. We are. We are super pumped uh, today because we're going to finally talk about Bitcoin. The sunshine. Oh. Oh. What? Are we <laughs> doing Sunshine. That? Which episode are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's minus 15, but there's sunshine, so yeah, it's, nice. uh, it's a warm cold. It's a bright cold. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, we've been... Um, we have been talking a lot We've about We've been in the money. darkness of fiat for so long. We yes. need to shine some light on the situation, Mark. Uh, there yeah. we go. Yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we uh, we alluded to it in the last few episodes, uh, the last whole bunch of episodes. We've talked about sound money and you know our, our basic premise with the podcast, um, other than real estate, but also tied to real estate. I can see a lot of people already turning this show off. <laughs> like Bitcoin, eh, not going to listen to that one. <laughs> oh, man. Well, no, if you can accept, like we've been talking about sound money and how we don't have sound money. There is a problem. What's the problem? The problem, I mean, there's lots of problems, but the basic yeah. problem is that we don't have sound money. And that creates all kinds of issues. And it's the reason we invest in real estate. Because it's the best way for us to, you know, protect our purchasing power and even just get ahead. Yeah. When you, in an inflationary world, right? Yeah. And uh, we, we, we come from the real estate space, right? So we're actively yeah. involved in that. Um, but so <laughs> why do we want to talk about Bitcoin? Just because it's sound money or is there other reasons as well? Oh, there's so many reasons, Brent. Because we, we talked in the last few episodes, too, about um, how unsound money, like bad fiat money that we have now, yeah. it has a detrimental effect on all different aspects of our society. Yes. Right? And we dug into that with um, with Mike um, in regards to farming. Yeah. Um, and we've covered different kind of like the political sphere and some other things, too, education, healthcare. Um, and hopefully we'll get into more stuff down the road um, when it comes to what fiat is doing to our world. But... Um, 
Bitcoin represents an interesting option or solution to some of these problems that could have a massive cultural um, change, I think. Yeah, and we've talked about, you know, what is the origin of all the problems in society? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we know we what go. that is, right? That's, yeah. that's sin. That, that is the issue. Um, but on a more practical level, right, is it we know that we have unsound money. We talked about all the problems is that that all the problems that that has caused <laughs> unsound money is almost like this uh it's like a breeding ground for sin <laughs> or like you're setting yeah. up a structure of like hey if you do things that are self-interested short-term gratification um you will be rewarded well why don't i do that right like yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a it's like a feedback feedback loop, loop. self-reinforcing yeah. That's how we hooked up our cables this morning. Feedback loop. Yeah. Like feedback loop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the question is, did the unsound money cause a lot of these issues in this type of short-term thinking? Or was that an inevitable part of um, you know our, our civilization's um, cultural yeah. uh, advancement, if you want to call it that? And then sound money is a, a symptom, or unsound money is a symptom of that. And I think it's I think it's both. I'm still reading books to try to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a tough <laughs> one. But um, again, as real estate investors, we want to keep sort of like once we understand a specific area and have an area of expertise, we kind of drill out to see like why is re- and we've talked about this, right? Why is real estate a good investment? Um, why like why does it create wealth? We, and we've talked about that. We've answered that. But you keep asking why, and you know, I guess first principles um, questioning, like right, like why does this happen? Oh, that's why. Okay, why does that happen? And it, it all leads back to unsound money. Yeah. Right. Holding land has always been an investment. It's always been a source of wealth, but not to the effect that we're talking that we have seen, um, you know, in the twentieth century. Yeah. Twenty first. So, um, do you want to just jump right into this and say what is Bitcoin? Are you? Yeah, I I, I, what I'm really interested to know, and I think the listeners might be too, is okay. How did you personally, Mark, get into or interested in Bitcoin? Like, when did this happen? What got you into this? Like, how? Yeah, how did you get started? <laughs> Brent, I don't think there's one person who is asking themselves that. Question. <laughs> I'm asking that question because I'm interested. I, you but never I'm, told me this story before. But so. I'm going to tell them anyways. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, why? Yeah, how did we get into Bitcoin? So it, really, I think it was probably through um, the Karadza brothers, through Tom and Nick. Okay. Really, like I had heard about it, and it's like, yeah, what is this Ponzi scheme? Some cryptocurrency there's this whole world out there right of nerds that are doing stuff with um fake money and i think even like digital money yeah i think i read something about it like playing world of warcraft years ago yeah where that was like a prize or something for for one of the contests and it's like yeah like what is this right yeah it's nonsense but um started listening to um so so brothers with rockstar real estate um (coughs) It's a real estate brokerage, but they became interested in Bitcoin and started talking about it, and that kind of sparked a few things. When was that? Like, what year would that have been? Probably 2019, 2020, something like that. So, started looking into it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And uh, talked to my wife about it. 
And Did uh, she know a lot more than you at the time? <laughs> no, she knew less than me, which you okay. know, isn't saying a lot. But um, she actually bought me some for my birthday. No way. Yeah, like <laughs> a lot, but just, yeah. you know, some. And then what do you do? You open this bag and like inside is what? Nothing? <laughs> yeah, like, hey, honey, nothing. believe it or not, what's in that bag, even though you can't see anything, that's Bitcoin right there. Yeah. So it was like, oh, that's cool. And I mean, at the time, our exposure and our thinking around it was as an investment. Yeah. Not as what we've been talking about. Not as sound money. You hadn't done any of that. So when you say investment, you mean like buying it so that you anticipated to go up in value or whatever. Yes. What they call number go up technology. Right. In the world okay. Of Bitcoin, yeah. Right? And this is how I think most, most people, not all, but most people get introduced to it. It's like they just see the price action. Right. Because that's something that we had, we had kind of looked at. We were like, yeah, it's consistently going up. And then she had bought this a small amount. And, um, like, the price kept going up. And we looked at it months later and we're like, wow. Like, this birthday present is really paying off. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. Um, so that led to, you know, buying a little bit more. Um, and then buying a lot more. And then selling that to buy more real estate. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's this sad truth yeah, at the end. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, you know, will that pay off? I don't know. We'll see. As long as fiat keeps debasing, it'll be. Uh, it'll still be good. But, um, but the point is, then from there we got more. Like I became more interested. Like same thing with real estate. Why? Why is it a good investment? Like, what is going on with this Bitcoin? Yeah. And you know, like let's look at other crypto. So I got interested in cryptocurrencies. Yeah. And like um, some of these stocks, like you know. AMC and uh, GameStop and all this stuff, right? All in that sort of same vein of like, look at all this stuff going up like crazy. Yeah. And why? You start realizing like, yeah, the system, there's something wrong with it and what's happening. And eventually kind of came to a realization like all this other stuff is like is garbage. Like cryptocurrencies in general, they're all bad photocopies of the original, right. which is Bitcoin. And there's nothing else like How it. How did you come to that conclusion though? Uh, just through reading and listening and, and just like looking. Right. Right. Like traded crypto up, down, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and then just looking at the, the value propositions for all the for different, the, crypto the different, different cryptos. And then some of the criticisms of Bitcoin. Right. Number one is that it uses a lot of energy because it's proof of um, proof of work. Which we can get into, you know, another time. But oh, yeah. basically, like, yeah, that's the point. All the other cryptos, cryptocurrency, I shouldn't even say all the other. <laughs> there is no other. But all these cryptocurrencies, because Bitcoin is not a cryptocurrency. All these cryptocurrencies are proof of stake, which means the more you have, the more you can influence how that, like, what happens with that currency. I'm like, where have I heard that before? Oh, wait, that sounds just like fiat. Right. Just like dollars. The yeah. more you have... The closer you are to the money printer, the more you benefit and not the people. So, I mean, it's been a lot of, you know, years of like reading and listening to podcasts and kind of evaluating like, okay, so they, they said this, but is it actually true? Yeah. And uh, anyways, I could go on for hours. <laughs> and, you know, maybe I will, but not now. Um, so that was kind of my introduction to Bitcoin. And <coughs> You know, some people are Bitcoin maxis, and they're like, What's it's gay? only Wait maximalists. Maximalist. Right? Bitcoin and nothing else. Right. And, you know, for me, 
that's not really practical, I don't think. Where we live, well, you know, we're in Canada, we have, you and I both, we have families to support, so this is what we're doing with real estate. We still need to make money here and now. And, um, you know, if there is a transition to Bitcoin, I hope there will be, I hope it'll be an orderly transition as, as monies fail, because really that's what I'm worried about. It's right. currency debasement, and not just at the gradual rate that we've talked about, but we've talked about the debt load, the debt spiral, right? Jeff Booth talks a lot about that in his book, how, you know, it took like $285 trillion of debt to create $40 trillion of GDP, of gross domestic yeah. product around the world. Um, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So and with next, that ever-growing debt The next snowball, economic crisis is going to take even more to get less. And yeah. So eventually, and we're seeing it with the U.S. budget, right? How much is going to paying debt? Something's got to give. Like, don't yeah. take a genius. I'm not a genius, <laughs> but I can see that something... All right, then we'll cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> Something's got to give. And so how do I protect my yeah. earning power, my future, my family's future against that? And uh, we realize, like, here is the perfect solution. And it didn't exist before 2008, right? 2008 yeah. financial crisis is really what caused it to, uh, to, to come into existence um, in a very, you know, defined way. And um, it's, yeah, like it, it is sort of that answer to that question. Like what happens? Yeah. Because without it, yeah, you could buy gold, fine. And that would probably be the best answer. Uh, gold and hard assets when inevitably uh, world currencies start to uh, devalue right? yeah. and so it may not be like a huge thing but maybe the Canadian dollar starts to de devalue 10-20% per year against the US dollar maybe everything does yeah. or maybe it's an overnight thing where 50% of uh, you lose 50% of the value overnight All right? and we've talked about other examples of where this has happened it's never been in a first world country um but like it's coming, yeah. It's thankfully, coming. so uh, I just think all that realization has kind of led me to where I am now, which is in a bunker with a bunch of canned food and a tinfoil hat on, or what? You might think so, talking to me, but no, we're still uh, we're still mostly above ground. Okay, yeah. So, so that that's my story in a nutshell, Brent. How are you? Oh man, that's hilarious. I just picture you. Vegging out on some baked beans or something. Anyways, I, uh, yeah, I don't I do know. I heard beans. about Bitcoin. I was super skeptical. I think I am kind of just like, I don't know, skeptical, questioning kind of guy. I don't know. I'm like, I don't really trust this. And um, so I think the first time I really got interested in it was around 2017. Um, prior to that, my first kind of recollection of like, okay, when Bitcoin, I think it was my cousin was mining it on his laptop okay. so if people don't know what mining is like you you generate the currency basically um and you use a computer to do that do you have one of those hats with the flashlight on it no none of that oh, okay. <laughs> no pickaxes or anything <laughs> but but back then i think this was like 2014 probably heard about this and he like he could do it on his laptop and i might be wrong one time it might have been earlier but like i yeah, guess I think uh, you still could at that point yeah um 
So the way it works, I guess, is as um, mining has, like, as the currency has got more valuable and people want it more, like, the mining has become much more intense and more difficult and more expensive. So you obviously uh, can't. each having, it becomes harder. Yeah, to. so you can't do that anymore. But anyways, at the time, he was mining some, and I was like, okay, hey, what? Uh, what does that mean, like, mining? Like, how can you digitally mine something? I know mining is digging in the ground, okay, and then, like, kind of just, okay, whatever, you're crazy. Um, and I think a lot of people thought that at the time too, right? Like what is this still do. Yeah, funny thing going on? And then in 2017, I still remember this. So like if anybody's listening, who's related to me or whatever, we had it. So we had a family gathering for New Year's Day at my uh, grandparents' house. And I remember my like two younger cousins and they're like, I don't know how old, maybe 12 or something. <laughs> they stand up and they're starting to talk about for like 30 minutes about Bitcoin, everybody. Right. And like we are kind of the family where, you know, you talk about politics or church matters or different things. Right. About yeah. And everybody just sits in a circle and you have your own opinion. Right. But these guys went off about Bitcoin. We're like skeptical as anything. Right. All these old old people and farmers and like, you know, hey, I don't really <laughs> think this is a total hoax. <laughs> So, yeah, even until the day he died, my opa was always like, hey, how's your Bitcoin doing? (laughs) (laughs) So, but after that, that year, um, like, because I had kind of been following it that year, I think it had spiked. This is the year it went from like, you know, 400, 500, 1,000 to like 20 grand. Yeah. Right. Um, So that year, I, I, for some reason, kept checking the price. I was like, this is fascinating. Like, what is this and why is it doing it? And then... uh, and then, yeah, it wasn't until 2019 where I was like, okay, like, I got to look into this and started hearing, like, I would listen to a bunch of different investing podcasts, economic podcasts, and every now and then they'd have somebody on talking about it. And I was fascinated. I was like, what? Like, why does this keep coming up even years later? And it seemed kind of like this dumb thing that some guy was mining in his basement on his laptop, you know, eight years ago. And now everybody, like, Just top economists... Yeah, or like, well, this is a hoax. And then the next guy comes on. He's like, well, actually, I bought like millions of these things. And you're like, what? Uh, So, yeah. And then it was from there. I was like, okay, this is fascinating. Uh, What is it? And that was uh, like, listen to podcasts, read books. I got a stack of books here. (laughs) See on the camera. But just started reading. And and it's funny because a lot of these books, I mean, obviously, Bitcoin's not that old, right? Like 2008. like these books have come out in the last number of years, last couple of years, yeah. right? So like none of this information existed like 15 years ago, right? So it's just crazy the rate of change and the rate of learning um, that a lot of people have done and that myself as well have done on the topic and how many like different angles are out there too because, you know, you can imagine like some of these authors, right? They're, they're working in the legacy financial system or they're working at some big investment firm or something. And they totally just quit their jobs. That was the other thing that intrigued me too. Like they just literally quit their jobs yep. and then they devote like three years of their life to writing a book about Bitcoin. <laughs> it's like, dude, you had a great job. You had a great career. You were respected and you know what you're doing. You're making lots of money. And then you just quit your job to write about some internet thing. It's like, what? <laughs> like, okay, I'm interested to read that because if you're doing it and the other guy's doing it, like, let's figure out why, right? Yeah. And yeah, there's a deep, deep rabbit hole there if you're interested in this stuff, which obviously if you're listening to us talk about it, you got to be a little bit interested. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but. So it's, it's interesting. So you... <coughs> 
you I've heard this from a number of people how like they dismiss Bitcoin, like whatever. Yeah. And then years later they're like, Oh, it's a one eighty? Or well, no. not a one eighty, but just like Oh, it's that thing's still around. Yeah. Oh, okay. What is it like? What's the, pr- the what's the price? Wow. <laughs> and it reminds me so much of this progression. You see it in like <laughs> memes online as well, right? When there's something that um, I don't know, something new or potentially threatening, right? The yeah. initial response is like, "Oh, what is that? That's a fad. Like, yeah. it's nothing, right?" Yeah. And then the next thing is uh, like, "Oh, wait, that's uh, let's look into this." Well, it's they always have like the it's the images of the clown, right? Yeah, I have this book here talking about the adoption curve of different stuff. So talk- okay, yeah, maybe the, <laughs> I like the I like simple things, right? right? Okay, so yeah. clown memes, right? Clown so memes. All right. Initially, is like yeah, whatever. It doesn't exist or it's not true, and then like okay, maybe it's true, but it's like it's a hoax or it's a right. Ponzi scheme. There's another the excuse, Bitcoin, right? Yeah, and then <clears throat> and like it's not going to last, and then it's a tulip thing kind yeah, of bubble. It was resilient. It lasted. The value kept being there. So then the narrative became, oh, this is dangerous. And we've right. heard that, right? Yeah. Criminals like use Pelosi it. And, yeah. Criminals use it. And Nancy Pelosi uses it? No, no, no. She was. Oh, she oh, probably she, does. She's honestly. a criminal. Looking at her portfolio. <laughs> We're There's her no way she doesn't have a big <laughs> stack. But publicly, she's she's bad now, thinking, right? Saying this is dangerous. Yeah. Um, Janet Yellen has said that it's dangerous to U.S. currency. Right, it is, isn't it? She was right. Yeah, I she guess. was right. But it's it's all part uh, of the true. the fight, right? The the, the fear mongering. Yeah. Right, and then and then the final step is like acceptance. Like, what do you mean? No, yeah, it's fine. We said all along it was good, yeah. and that's kind of happened yeah. now, right? The SEC has been like the SEC is the security, Securities Exchange Commission in the states. One of the, like basically the biggest financial regulator in the world. Yeah, they've been persecuting all these people involved in crypto and Bitcoin for years, and now they have approved uh, I think like eleven ETFs, eleven exchange traded funds. Right. So basically, they're giving their blessing for institutional investors to now purchase Bitcoin and put it in people's pensions and uh, like public pensions, yeah. all this stuff. Right. So it's been this progression. Um, Whereas before, another. yeah, but I think I, I almost want, don't want to blame them and just say like it is new. It's not really known. If you have a job or you're somehow secure in what you're doing, and then this comes along, like it, it's quite disruptive, right? And then, um, yeah, yeah, you kind of reject it. And that, like, I just have this book in front of me with the same kind of curve that you're talking about. So there's like this trigger, right? The technology yeah. trigger, something happens. It's like, oh, this is new, right? And then there's what this. What book is that, by the way? Bro? This is uh, the bullish case for Bitcoin by Vijay Boyapati. All right. And uh, but it has on a graph a graph of the adoption curve of various consumer goods, and like you know you have the telephone, you have electricity, you have yeah. radio, audio, whatever, right? And there's always kind of like this, um, just like really slow beginning, and then all of a sudden, whoop, right? And then it plateaus at a certain point where it just becomes the norm. Yeah. And um, yeah, the people are kind of. Uh, like they kind of get you have that adoption curve, right? You get a little bit like early adopters, they're like super risk taking, always looking for the next thing, whatever, and they're jumping on and they're getting in early. And then you have like this early majority, late majority, right? Yeah, you ever seen that curve? Um, the same kind of thing with Bitcoin as well, right? Where you have people like kind of into the coding space or into like Austrian economics or the economic world, and they're like really looking at this every day. 
and it comes across their plate and they're just, and then they're the ones doing the digging and like making the, taking the move. Yeah. Um, and then you have people that are just like working like the middle-class people and they don't ever hear about it or they don't think about it. That doesn't matter to them because you can't buy a, a coffee with it. Right. Yeah. So they're kind of like down the road. Um, yeah. And I think we're kind of somewhere in between, like we're not economists unless you're, are you, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> but we're kind of tuned into kind of economic stuff and the real estate world. And then, yeah, to, self-educate yourself on this stuff and then all of a sudden like everybody's doing it oh well and it's it is interesting when you if you listen to bitcoin podcasts or you're talking about all these books that you know that have been written right these are not general not always by economists right yeah well, there are, you do have like uh, i think we have a guest coming up who uh, was a chartered accountant worked in finance and yeah. actually probably a couple of guests um so there are people who've worked in finance but not you know full-on economists or whatever um but there's so much more interest in economics now yeah uh, once like now that bitcoin is in the picture because it just it spurs those conversations right where and it's not always um starting with bitcoin but a lot of people were gold bugs right initially and you mentioned austrian economics right people get into <coughs> austrian economics because um it provides some answers yeah well, let's talk about that for a second, because gold, I've, I've had conversations with people, too, where they're like, I totally get what gold is. I would buy some gold. And uh, in fact, I do have some and I want to buy more. I just yep. don't have any money. So but I would never buy Bitcoin and they don't see it as comparable to gold. Um, so like, <laughs> how are you? How are you? How would you say like gold bugs get into Bitcoin? Um well, some of them don't, right? Like Peter Schiff, he just doesn't right. want to see it. And he's um, like credit because he's put out a lot of educational content. Uh, I mean, like some of it's self-serving, right? He sells gold for a living. So yeah, yeah he's going to he's gonna uh, promote that. But um, th there are people like that. I don't, there's just once, I don't know. Can you convince someone like Peter Schiff? A lot of people have tried and failed to convince <laughs> I can do him. It. Let's do it. You, you want to do it? Um, it's this, uh, so I guess the, the idea is gold is physical. You can hold it. Yeah. I buy a gold coin. I got that in my hand. I can feel the weight of it. I know there's value. Yeah. Um, Bitcoin is not physical. It's not physical. That's funny. Cause I got a funny story about this. So we had, uh, I think it was the baptism of one of our kids and we had uh, people over family over for, uh, after, after the baptism yeah. and, uh, my grandparents, and my wife's grandparents, I was like four or five of our grandparents were sitting in the, in the, uh, in the house is air conditioned and we were all outside Yeah. and I come inside and like, there's this Bitcoin book on the table. Right. Yeah. So I come in, my Opa's like, my grandfather's like basically explaining it to all the grandmothers. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Right. But his biggest thing was that it's not tangible. Yeah. That you can't hold it. Right. And never really understood that. And I, it's been really have enough time to talk about it, but like. <laughs> I just thought it's, it was a hilarious picture, like <laughs> these eighty-year-old people talking yeah. about, like, yeah, what is this nonsense? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think that's the biggest barrier for a lot of people. Yeah, is that it, it? It's not a tangible thing. It does exist. It does like it exists in the form of energy. And yeah, this is like I don't know, maybe a deeper discussion uh, for another time. But it takes energy to mine it. 
and it retains that value. And we, yeah, not not right now. We're going to explain that. But for me, the the lights kind of it's like it, it information too, right? Information it's, is uh, not so many things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what for, <coughs> what clicked for me and what clicks for a lot of people is okay. What about the Canadian dollar? Yeah. What about Does it? that exist? Is that tangible? Uh, right, and you're like, yeah, yeah I got a. I get some out of my wallet, but you there's know, none there. <laughs> yeah, so the money that we actually have printed in yeah. existence is not close to the amount of money in the system, right? So Lynn Alden, um, I'm looking at the book on the counter there, Broken Money. She talks about this a lot, right? Base money versus broad money. Yeah, and the you know the money that's in the system versus the actual amount of wealth or the right. actual amount of assets that are responsible for that money. And there's way, 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 way more, like a much bigger broad money supply than there's actually anything to back it up. So once right. you realize that, like, hold on, we have a whole system that's based on money that is not tangible, like essentially fake money. Right. And we've talked about this so much, right? About printing money, about how banks are able to create money, um, why mortgages, when, yeah. you know, when you create money and then you add the leverage to it, it's just like yeah. a crazy multiplier. Um, if you want something tangible our system now it is not it's not tangible the money that we have so you know tell me the difference yeah right so that was one of the and things and you kind of mean like if you open your app on your phone to your bank account that money in your bank account is not tangible just the same that bitcoin's not tangible uh, it's even worse oh. right well because nobody can destroy my bitcoin right if i look at it and i see that balance yeah Nobody can, I mean, you could, you know, put a gun to my head and, and force me to take it. That That's a possibility. Um, force but, you to give it up. Yeah, but nobody can control the supply, overall supply of Bitcoin. It's predetermined. Uh, and also they can't do anything with the Bitcoin that I have. Right. As opposed so to when you, I open my phone and look at my bank account. Yeah. That money could technically be confiscated. Confiscated. Frozen. Right. You've talked about line of credit before. How the bank was just like, "Oh, we're gonna, yeah, um, uh, like decrease your line of credit." So that decreases the money available to you. Yeah. And that we've talked about it. Debt is money. Yeah. So if you can arbitrarily <coughs> control the amount of debt, uh, if the government can do quantitative tightening or quantitative easing, right? That is controlling the amount of money in the system. And with CBDCs, yeah. it's not long before they can actually control what's in your bank account. Like, it's even worse than not tangible. Right. So the fact that it's not tangible, like Bitcoin's not tangible, is not really a big roadblock for you in adopting it or using it or looking at it. No, it was a roadblock for a while. And then you kind of... In like, understanding okay. it. And then like, well, wait a minute. Nothing we have is real. And this is actually more real because it is backed by energy. Right. And then Whoa, there's a whole bunch man. of other things. There's that, a rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we will have to, like, devote an episode or maybe several episodes to yeah. that. But maybe just quickly, we should talk about, because we've talked about the properties of yeah. sound money. Yeah. And how unsound money, um, you know, stacks up to it. So, like, maybe just quickly, I'll, I'll go through this. And I'm going to... Just refer to a chart in this uh, wonderful book. That, uh, <laughs> here's the camera. He's plugging his own book again. Hey, why not, right? <laughs> Nobody else is going to. Uh, you, me, and Airbnb. Has, uh, it's not just about Airbnb. There's a section about Bitcoin in there as well. But um, So let's just look at the traits of money. 
The Mark, right. Mark, Mark Manifesto? or Yeah, something like that. So this is maybe a little different than, than what we've talked about, but verifiable, um, right? Gold and fiat are verifiable, right? You yeah. can, there's a ledger, you can track it, you can see it. They're moderately verifiable. Bitcoin is highly verifiable because there is a ledger uh, that is available for everyone. And again, this is another, this is like every one of these aspects is probably another episode. But the, the point is there's a public ledger that's available. Uh, there's millions of copies of this ledger. It updates itself. Nobody controls that ledger. So your Bitcoin is highly verifiable. Is it fungible? Uh, Bitcoin is highly fungible. Gold and fiat are also highly fungible. Um, and so that means is one unit the same as another unit? Yeah. Right? Like as a $5 bill or $5 worth value. as much as your $5? Yes. Uh, we talk about portable, right? Yeah, Bitcoin, very portable. Fiat, very portable. Gold, not very portable. And that is probably the biggest drawback to gold. Yeah. It's not portable. It's not easy to use in transport. Um, durability. So uh, gold, highly durable. Fiat, yeah. not very Gold durable. is interesting because it's like in the physical world. Yes. Right? Yeah. And you said, you just made the comment before that uh, your money's, Bitcoin's not tangible, neither is fiat. But gold is tangible, so how like to have something that's tangible that's also durable is quite incredible, right? Because yeah. a lot of things in this world break down. So gold like stacks up pretty good on that list um, for what it is, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's I mean, gold. It's a blessing. Yeah. Right. God created gold, so yeah. we, we certainly can't discount it. But in a I don't internet or digital age. Yeah. It just doesn't translate very well. Yeah. Right? Doesn't solve a lot of those problems. Um, divisible, yep. Highly divisible gold is not fiat moderately divisible. Is it scarce? This is a big Yeah, that's point probably <laughs> to me I feel like that's the biggest one. As a real estate investor too, looking yeah. at things, right? I wanna know, you know, am I buying the right thing? Is it yeah, easily reproduced? Yes. And it will devalue over time, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, fiat is um, not scarce at all, right? It can be made at yeah. will. We've seen that easily, easily. And usually easily the made. will is to increase the supply of it. Yeah, it's infinitely um, un unscarce. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't think of what that word is, but you know what I mean. Uh, uh, gold is moderately scarce, right? Yeah, it exists. We know there's more gold out there. We just need yeah. the technology. And people are and constantly going to find it. Yeah. Um, and Bitcoin is highly scarce, right? There's So if you don't know, there's uh, a standard set out for it. There's 21 million Bitcoins that can ever be mined. Yeah. We have about mined about 19 and a half million so far in history. So it's going to take, and each, you know, every time you mine one, for to simplify it, it gets harder to mine the next one or the right. next sort of batch. So, um, anyways, it is, it's scarce because it is a limited supply, cannot be changed. Uh, established history was another one here. Um, so, Bitcoin, very low in that, yeah. uh, in that regard. Gold is high because it's been around for like centuries, thousands of years. Yeah. Um, and fiat is also low because the current iteration of money that we have really is like a 20th century thing. Uh, censorship, censorship resistant. We haven't talked about this one. Right. But this might be important because, to yeah, a certain segment of our listeners. So for the, as, in terms of the properties of money, 
Um, yeah, we never covered censorship resistance. Um, I think maybe the closest thing we would get to is like scarcity ability to reproduce it. But no, we never talked about actually sending payments and being payments being revoked or money being confiscated or anything like We've that. We've talked about it a little bit around central bank digital currencies. Okay. So we haven't specifically said, is it censorship resistant? And like, why would that be an important characteristic of money? Of money. Yeah. But now that we're talking about CBDCs, people are starting to realize, right? Once Trudeau blocked... Um, <laughs> it's almost like it wasn't accounts. really a, a problem when you just sent someone gold and... Yeah. Like you can well, physically... Yeah, right? For yeah. a long time. Yeah. But again, turning point for me and for a lot With of people... With fiat, you can always use cash, right? Uh, like to avoid censorship. It's not like, always. Well, you can Try use cash. Cash only. Yeah, no, that's that's very difficult. But you can use <laughs> ca- you can use cash to avoid censorship. For now, but I mean, there's examples of again. We talked about Nigeria, right? Where they're like, we want everybody to turn their cash in. Yeah. And use these these. CDCs. How did that go over? <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> but it's it's a possibility, and yeah. it's it's being talked about, right? Just move everything completely digital. Yeah. No cash. So we, we don't need to get into it too far, but Bitcoin is highly <coughs> censorship resistant. Gold, moderately so, because it's, you just have to have it. But that presents its own problems, transporting it. And yeah. then fiat is a very low censorship resistance. Um, and so, yeah, there's a couple other things in here we don't, we don't need to get into, other than decentralized. Right. So we've talked about centralization uh, before. So, again, Bitcoin is highly decentralized. Gold is moderately decentralized right and fiat is um has a very is very centralized so it's low on that yeah decentralization scale and like what you know why do you care about if your money is centralized or not well yeah. again with cbdc's with bank accounts being frozen by the government at will um it can happen yeah and uh, like we've we're past we've crossed the rubicon on that we can't pretend like <laughs> it won't happen what is it they say like if you if you yeah if you're against or if you're pro cbdc's then just think about uh your opposite political party so the one that you don't support getting the control over the central bank digital currency yeah. and blocking your transactions right like it's <laughs> it's all good when the power that you want to be in power is uh you know promoting your interests but as soon as the power flips then yeah that that characteristic <laughs> of money would probably be a good one to consider so that that yeah. list is out of your book Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful book, if I say so myself. <laughs> Look, there's lots of those online. If you want to buy the book for that, great. But um, there, there are lots of these sort of charts online, and, and we've we've had some in previous episodes as well. All right, so that's Bitcoin, folks. There we go. We're done. <laughs> no, but so that's one. Um, we've talked so much about sound money and unsound money, and again, we've established that what we have. <laughs> I think we've established it anyways. Hopefully our listeners agree. But that what the system we have now is based on unsound money. Yeah. And like that, I think that's pretty hard to, to, to debate now. Um, just living in the world that we're living in, right? And seeing the effects yeah. of inflation. Well, we, we tried to debate it that one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You couldn't hold it together. No, I tried. <laughs> I tried. Um, so if we have a problem, you know, what is the solution? Yeah. And the solution to the unsound money problem is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not the answer to everything, to all, yeah, our, but like, all to of me, our problems, right? To me, Bitcoin is kind of just uh, a recent invention, yeah. Like it, you can almost end the sentence Bitcoin is 
in so many different ways that way we yeah. can have a different episode and call it Bitcoin as something else every time. Um, but in a sense, like, yeah, it's only been around since 2008. So it, it was, it was man-made, right? That's another yeah. thing. Like gold is, is a natural occurring substance, right? We got to yes. purify, we got to get it, but it's not like humans just all of a sudden manufactured gold and we're like, you know, Hey, um, we discovered it. Right. And so in a sense, Bitcoin is almost a discovery as well. Is it not? So I would lean. It's like a digital discovery towards. I would definitely. It's an intentional invention, but it's also a discovery. So, I mean, Bitcoin wasn't, it didn't just come out of the blue, right? Yeah. There were people working Trying on... Trying like, to make this. There were these nerds. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <coughs> no, but there were people like crypto punks and whatever you want to call them. People punks. working on digital currencies for many years. Yeah. Since the right? And there were different iterations of, you know, and a lot of it was just like whatever, kind of an interesting thing or a hobby or... Um, you know, maybe there's something here, but you could see, I don't know, it's like uh, electricity. We didn't invent electricity. Yeah. We discovered it, yeah. but you could almost say it was an invention. Yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't there before, and then now, like, the, the forces of nature were always there. That, that yeah, and then once place, we had electricity, we, we didn't have that. light bulbs, and we were like, you know, let's make a light bulb, and then we try to try to try That it. was a real light bulb moment, by the way. <laughs> Um, so to me in the same way bitcoin was more of a discovery yeah somebody finally was able to put all the pieces together for this 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 current this yeah and it's it's almost time bound right like you need to have certain things happen like you need to have the internet to have bitcoin you can't have bitcoin without the internet okay then you need enough people to be on the internet or then you need whatever like all these different um like uh, cypherpunks that you're talking about these guys that are writing code and trying to figure things out um you need to make these discoveries in kind of this linear fashion to get to bitcoin well and you needed a problem right that problem was fiat. oh i got lots of problems <laughs> yeah well then you should have lots of inventions no but you needed the problem of fiat i yeah. think without a corrupt money system if we were somehow on a gold standard that was functional and, and not corrupted i don't think this would have come up this was an answer Right. to that and it was you know way earlier than most people really realized that that's there was interesting because eh? it's like yeah if you don't have a problem if you don't feel any pain then why are you looking for a solution nobody's going to adopt it yeah but yeah they released it in 2008 when all of a sudden like the world's upside down and the well, great financial crisis yeah and jeff booth talks about it in the price of tomorrow as well um how timing is so important with technologies right like henry ford trying to in, what did he do again? Uh, <laughs> I think he fought, did he fought a river. Um, <laughs> oh, that was Henry Fjord. Sorry. Oh, okay. He made all these nice scenic little bays in uh, Norway. I see. Um, <laughs> no, but he, he had, I think, the Detroit Motor Company or something right. that he started and failed because it just wasn't quite time. Right. And then later on, he, he did it with Ford Motor Company. Yeah. And then the timing was right. And the, like the, really, the only difference was timing. Yeah. Um, but for, for that. Yeah. And it takes time to adopt it too. Right. I was, yeah. yeah so I was reading interesting. I was just away on a, like a ski trip and I was reading his book, Righty. the Airbnb. We can talk about Airbnbs if you want. Okay. But, um, no, we can't. Um, <laughs> we're all done talking about that. No, I was reading a book and it was talking about, okay, what was the history of skiing in this area? Right. And like, 
you know, nobody's interested in it in the 1900s, like early 1900, right? So some Norwegian guys come and say, oh, that's what we do all the time, right? Was it Henry Fjord? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. uh, Nelson. Nels Nelson or something? I don't know. Something okay. like that. Anyways, but yeah, and then like the equipment they have is like just two wooden sticks that are like 20 pounds each, right? And then they go, right? And nobody wants to do that because it's rudimentary, right? And then eventually it gets more popular and like better equipment and then more people are, then it gets more accessible, it gets more money invested. It's just like this slow thing now, like anybody can do it and it's you know widely recognized as a sport and like yeah it's, it's crazy how those things develop right yeah would you say it was like a gentle slope of adoption or was it more of yeah, a, a steep curve steep with a big curve. jump and then <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of like bitcoin it's just this steep curve and then you go off the jump and you're kind of in midair and that's where we are right now and everybody's listening to this going like where is this gonna land <laughs> yeah we've uh, we're jumping the shark <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, what is Bitcoin to you, Brent? Tell me that. Oh man. <clears throat> yeah. I personally, um, I find it really, uh, I say rabbit hole, right? Like it's for me, it has been a personal rabbit hole, uh, really, really fascinating to learn about. Yeah. Um, and that I think Bitcoin is what actually got me thinking about what is money. So we've been doing this podcast talking about what is money yeah. and investing in real estate. Um, even early on investing in real estate, I was always thinking, okay, like I'm doing this because the currency is debasing. And that was one of the factors, but like there's other reasons to invest in real estate, right? Not just like currency debasement, but that's become an increasing one in my back of my head. Yeah. So then um, once I started learning about Bitcoin, I was like, okay, well, if they're saying this is money, like these people who are using this crazy weird thing like what is money like what do they mean by that and then asking that question um in different ways is all of a sudden okay uh there's a lot of different theories about what money is yeah. right and there's a lot of different people um on various sides of the spectrum um like promoting their ideas so you have like the keynesian philosophy right and then okay let's read about the history of this guy like where did he come from why is he who he is today right like how did he uh, promote his ideology or like who sponsored him? And, and then you start reading about like, you know, some of the Austrian guys or like other conflicting theories that, and then you're like, okay, there's so much more to this than meets the eye, right? And then just recently in the last year or two, been thinking more about the negative side effects to money, right? Like not knowing what money is, having bad money, and how much that impacts all the different parts of our life. And now I can't see it. Right? Like, I can't not see it yeah. go everywhere. It's like, okay, man, like, why did that just break? Oh, yeah, because of Fiat. Right? Like, you're just walking around like, you know, why does this food not taste so good? Oh, it's Fiat. <laughs> why do I have to wait so long at the hospital? Oh, Fiat. Okay. <laughs> so it is, it is interesting for real estate investors specifically. A few things have happened, I think, to make people question, like, what is money? Yeah. So number one would be run up in house prices, right? So yeah. if you were an investor and you owned houses, or even if you're just a homeowner with your own place, yeah. And you know, between 2019 and now, your property, um, the the value in Canadian dollars or whatever dollars, yeah, has probably tripled. Yeah. Maybe it's doubled. Maybe it's tripled. But then you ask the question, okay? But what about the dollar? Like, what is the value of the dollar? Well, so there, so if there's the price that. triples, then well, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So this is like, 
you know, for a lot of people, it's just like, hey, jackpot, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then you got to wonder, like, wait a minute, what? Like, a jackpot of what? Do like I invested, and there's timing, and and you know yeah. I was prepared and I did all the homework, but like not to this extent. Yeah, I don't deserve this reward. Yeah, for the amount of work that I put in, like yeah. I'll take it, but I don't deserve it. Why did this happen? Yeah, and then more recently, it's just inflation. Right? Nobody ever talked about inflation before. Yeah, which is the same sort of thing, but on the goods and services you buy, not the assets. That yeah, you because now people... So now you're not benefiting from it. You're losing. <laughs> now people are hurting. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then... So you pair that with, you know, young people can't afford homes. Yeah. A lot of people are having trouble, like, just affording life. Groceries yeah. have gone up. Everybody feels that. So these are, like, two major things that every real estate investor will have noticed yeah right you can't not notice that yeah and so that i think has made a lot of real estate investors kind of question like what is going on what is all these gains right like gains are are great gains and why is there this pain yeah why why are these gains or what are these gains denominated in yeah yeah and i think bitcoin to me is become um almost like a, a secondary monetary system yeah Right. And the more you read about it, the more you research it, the more you find like, okay, it's almost like a second monetary system that no one individual or entity can influence or change or have their kind of way with. Right. Like the government can or the central bank can in a fiat system. Yeah. And they're operating in parallel. And the one is 15 years old and the other one is like 50 years old, like in a sense of fiat. Right. Yeah. And then maybe you can compare it to gold that's thousands of years old, right? Okay, so where are we at in all these tracks? Like, um, and we've talked about historic monies, right? Like shell, shells and salt and whatever, all these yeah. different things. So like those clearly didn't work, right? But like Bitcoin, oh, that clearly is not going to work. But then you go back to it a year later and you're like, well, what the price? The price <laughs> is like way up. So, but, and it's funny because now I'm starting to think, okay, the price is denominated, like even the price, you said the price of house goes up, but the price of Bitcoin goes up too. And it's like, well, what is this price denominated in Canadian dollars, US dollars? Like, what does that even mean? Right? Yeah. What is the basis for yeah. that? Yeah. So like, are we actually growing? Like what's going on here? Well, then you, you flip it the other way and you start denominating things in Bitcoin. Right. And all of a sudden my house in Bitcoin actually has dropped. In value, right? Right. So you can buy. Okay, wait a minute. Say that again. Or no, that, so the value that of again. My Bitcoin compared to the house. Right. Right. It maybe it used to be worth. So, like, if you bought Bitcoin, what, five years ago or something? Yeah. Now. It would take less Bitcoin. To, so, let's say I had uh, five Bitcoin when it was $20,000. Right. It's 100 grand. Yeah. Can't buy a house with that. Not if, even at the time. Like, not five even at the no. time. But now, if I have five Bitcoin, I can buy a house with that. Right. Right? Maybe not like the biggest, fanciest house, but it certainly gets me a lot further. So in and, Bitcoin terms, And presumably, if you were to wait like another five years, like if the price keeps going up, which seems to be keep going up, and there's probably reasons for that that we can talk about on another podcast, yeah. but then you think you could buy a nicer house. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Folks, so the price of things in Bitcoin terms is actually dropping. So that's deflationary. It's deflationary. I've read books on this and I still like when you say the word deflation, I don't even know how to. (laughs) (laughs) It boggles your mind. Deflation. I think the easiest way to think about that, right? Inflation (laughs) 
inflating the money supply so the value of things goes up yeah. in dollar terms. And deflation, the value would go down. Right? Yeah. It's the opposite. And the best example we have of that is technology. Right? Look at the price of TVs. Right. The price of t- like TVs keep getting bigger and better, yeah. but the price keeps coming down yeah. in dollar terms. So I that can because yeah, I can think I know what inflation is right okay so I can know that the price of the grocery store of whatever I want to buy goes up over time it's going to get more expensive my wages should go up over time my rent's yeah. going to go up over time um, but when you say deflation okay a TV is going to get cheaper but when you apply that same idea to money right the money should get more valuable right yeah not compared less compared to valuable. the goods yeah. That's what happens now. Our money is less valuable. Every, every year. year, it's less and less valuable so at store, an increasing rate. Your store of value, the way that you store the fruits of your labor is like worse every year. So you yeah. have to spend it or you have to buy something that that is deflationary. Yeah. So that would be like real estate has been the answer right. for a long time. And now it's... It's just fun. less inflationary kind of thing. Well, yeah. Less inflationary... I guess like you want to buy the least inflationary yeah. or the most deflationary. But there are things that are deflationary and I right. think Bitcoin is that. And so there there's another t- um another thing like as Christians as we look yeah, at this I was just going to say why why would this be relevant for Christians? <laughs> so yeah, we I mean we're we've named ourselves or our podcast the Two Stewards show. Your company is good stewards. Right? Stewardship is a strong theme. Yeah. For Christians, right? You have to take what God gives you. Everything comes from him. We take what we get from him and then we do the best that we can according to what God has blessed us with, whether that's yeah. brains or brawn or whatever else, right? Or both. I mean, in, in your the, case. In my case, yes, but uh, <laughs> not everybody can have that friend. <laughs> brains, ba- brain, brains, brawn, and beards. Oh, there you go. New <laughs> podcast coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you put me totally off track. <laughs> but yeah, in terms You're of stewardship. Um, stewardship, right? What is the best way that we can work with what God has given to us? Yeah. And so... But that includes technologies too, right? Like looking absolutely. at... I think people... I don't know if it's this common thing, but when, yeah, when the internet came out, it's like, well, oh, Christian, that's bad. Like you can do this and this on the internet. And like, that's not good, right? Well, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a technology just like the shovel is a technology, right? Like, well, when photography was invented, yeah, like it took I don't know probably a day, yeah, before somebody was taking <laughs> naked pictures, right? Like, it, yeah, just like they used to paint them before that, right? yeah. So I mean, we're gonna co-opt and corrupt any technology, yeah. that we can, and Bitcoin seems to be much less um, uh, vulnerable to corruption, yeah, because of the way that it was designed, right? But. Um, <coughs> Yeah, I think we would make the argument, I would, and you probably would as well, that Bitcoin is actually a moral money. And, you know, we're going to have Pastor Coin on. Um, so Alan. he's, uh, yeah. He, he, um, well, you guys just have to wait for the episode, but he's going to come on and talk about that, right? The Bible talks about false weights and measures. Yeah. By every way that you look at it, any way that you measure it, haha, um, <laughs> fiat. Is, is false weights and measures because yeah. it's not reliable it's not ever a true measure and it's not a way to store the fruits of your labor um, whereas Bitcoin is yeah right yeah so stop taking it for granted <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a big thing for me too in my personal journey kind of learning about Bitcoin economics and all this stuff is 
I just took the fiat system for granted. Like you grow up in it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like everything, right? Even in your faith journey, right? You take your faith kind of for granted. You take the, the word of God. And then at some point in your life, you're like, no, I actually have to decide, you know, is this something I want to commit to? Right. And yeah. you, you kind of, you can do that with all kinds of stuff, right? Like your food, right? You just, whatever is put in front of me, I eat until a certain point, you got to start cooking and buying your own groceries. And then you're like, do I actually want to eat this or do I want it? Like whatever, right? Yeah. You have to make these calculated decisions in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise you just go in and get the exact same thing you've always done. And so for me going down this, uh, like economic kind of studying and figuring this out, it's like, yeah, the monetary system I've been taking for granted for so long has really been, uh, rigged against me. I'll say rigged, like in a sense. Yeah. It was born out of, um, like an individual or like, a, a, yeah, some human being was in control over it, acting in their best interest to produce a system that rewarded them at the expense of everyone else. Yeah. And I don't, in, in a deceptive way kind of too, right? Like it was, I don't think that was the intention up front. Maybe it was, yeah. but I mean, it has organically evolved into that. Yeah. So if you are against, um, I don't know, the rich getting rich, richer, the oppression of the poor, all, <laughs> right? All these concepts, like you should be against fiat currency yeah. because that is exactly what this system does. Yeah. 100%. Bitcoin, the opposite. Right. And, you know, there are examples of this where Bitcoin is being introduced into like third world countries where they're able to actually like start having a functioning economy within somebody just did a documentary i think I you just think said it. too right the cbdc or that they, they try to introduce the cbdc in the one thing or they try to recall well, the cash recalling cash yeah. yeah it didn't work well right Crypto so now everybody's on there. bitcoin yeah it is but um where, where there are people actually going out and it's so interesting like yeah, we got to wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, what soon. we find interesting, other people might not, but yeah. <laughs> hopefully. I mean, <laughs> too bad. You know what? Start your own podcast if you don't like what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, no, it is. Uh, we've have we talked about this? We we have a little bit with um, on the Rockstar podcast, but some of the parallels between Christianity and Bitcoin. Yeah, and I'm not painting Bitcoin as the savior of mankind. Okay, it. We, there's the potential to do a lot of good and I think it's a good technology that we should embrace as Christians Um, but it's not like Jesus is the answer yeah like full stop right yeah Bitcoin when you compare it to eternity is is really nothing yeah infinitesimal it's it's whatever but working in the here and now with what like we still have an obligation to be good stewards yeah and um, so in that just with that sort of context it's interesting to see the parallels between Christianity and Bitcoin and how you've talked about people quit their jobs and go into Bitcoin like they're yeah. called that's, Bitcoin that, yeah. evangelists. Yeah, that takes almost like a level of belief, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're like, wait a minute. Everything I did before is false. Yeah. I realize the truth now and I'm going to change my lifestyle 100% and I'm going to devote my life to spreading the message. Yeah. Huh. And Sounds we have familiar. Some... <laughs> exactly, right? right? Because this is something so... Awesome and so wonderful. Yeah, I think that's what keeps piquing my interest too. Is like another yeah. person who is basically doing what Christians do on a different subject, and it's like this weird, surreal yeah. kind of thing, right? Like, why are you evangelizing for Bitcoin? Like, don't you know the truth about the gospel? But yeah, like it, it's the same th- sort of thing with the gospel. It's like once you know the truth, you want to share it with people. Yeah, you want to <laughs> tell everybody. Yeah, and then when you see it changing their lives, 
Yeah. That just spurs you on, yeah. right? And and you want to do it more. Yeah. And this is what's happening with Bitcoin. So, yeah. like, <laughs> there so is a very interesting opportunity for Christian evangelism um, in the Bitcoin world because people are so, they're like 90% of the way there. They understand that there's a problem yeah. and they identify that as fiat. Yeah. We understand there's a problem. We identify that as sin. Yeah. And, but there's a solution. Yeah. Solution. And there's, there's, we can be saved from the sin. That's Jesus. Yeah. So people will be like, we could be saved from fiat. That's yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah. So the parallels are just like, and we talked about it too, like the reformation. Yeah. Um, the, centralization. Of yeah. Centralization, decentralization, all this stuff is like incredible parallels. So yeah, great opportunity for evangelism in the Bitcoin world. Um, but also it's just, I, I forgot what the original point was. Oh, the parallels. I guess, right? So you have Bitcoin missionaries and Bitcoin evangelists. Yeah. Uh, again, this documentary, these, these I don't know if it's out yet. Uh, Jamie Garcia was the one um, producer, if you want to Google that. But they went to like Peru and to all these poor villages, right? And they introduced Bitcoin or they're looking, I think they're documenting sort of the introduction of Bitcoin to these uh, to these poor villages. And so these villagers who had no way of of saving any kind of value before yeah. now because the fiat system just was rigged against them. Yeah. Um, now we're able to do it and are changing their lives and yeah. elevating okay. their standards of living. This is super interesting because that's what money is, right? It's a vehicle to save the value of your time in the yes. future for future consumption, for whatever it is. So that, that hits home for me every time because I'm like, if you cannot do that, you will search for things until you find something that you can do that. Even if it's like you don't even realize it, right? You're buying, like we're buying real estate. And we didn't realize that why we were doing that until yes. we actually came across this. It's like, oh, that's why we're buying it. Because it actually doesn't debase like the currency. Oh, okay. Right? And like, if you look at your own behavior of purchasing things, you probably become more and more inclined towards purchasing as you see that your savings aren't doing anything, right? Everybody I talk to who calls us is like, hey, I realize that I have all this money sitting around and I should have done something with it five years ago, right? Yeah. And I have the same thing personally. I'm like, yeah, if I had money, uh, it would be either spent on something that was like a valuable quality good that I could use or whatever that I need, yeah. or it would be invested in something that is scarce and holds its value, right? And that that problem persists because we haven't had a monetary technology available to the average everyday person that could store value effectively over time right yeah. until now we've discovered bitcoin and we're like reading all about it going hey wait a minute if i buy this and like you said it's deflationary and it goes up in value over time like what could be the long term right yeah. now all of a sudden i'm thinking long term and i'm going like hey everybody you should learn about this what if i actually bought some i bought let's say about one big it's a lot of money that's like what like 50 60 grand right now canadian 60 50 well yeah. 47 us so yeah but a bajillion dollars canadian yeah so you buy one and uh but yeah and then you wait 10 years what will it be worth i don't know yeah Right. But then how does that change the way you think about the future? It's like now I'm starting to think long term. Yeah. Instead of short why would like I want to spend, spend that? Spend yeah. the money you oh, got because it's going to be worth less. Wait a minute. I'm going to save it. And you yeah. see this transformation in a lot of Bitcoiners, too. 
once they get rid of that short-term mindset, um, it kind of, they kind of change their lives, how they yeah. act, how they consume. Yeah. Right? All of a sudden, they're like, you know what? I'm going to keep my old yeah. car on the road, and I'm not yeah. going to buy a new one because like, it doesn't really add any no. value. Not until and cars could, are actually better quality or give me something that, I, yeah. Exactly. Why would I part with my hard yeah. money <laughs> for well, yeah, your now, fiat trash? Well, because now if you have Bitcoin, <laughs> That's not a car your joke. money has value. Yeah. And you're much less less likely to want to part with it. Yeah. And then all and of that sudden, value represents, like we talked about, the value of your labor, right? Yeah, you can see, like, this yeah. is my labor that went into that. And it's yeah. actually going to increase. Huh. And uh, so, like, the food that I buy. Yeah. Am I happy with, like, yeah, just get crafting or whatever? Or do it, like, maybe I want to take a longer-term look at my health. Yeah. What I'm spending. If I'm going to spend money, I want to spend it on good food. Yeah. It's going to keep me healthy for longer. Yeah. Um, just so all funny. these all these examples, right? Yeah. I think uh, everyone, before the next episode, y'all got to buy some Bitcoin. <laughs> this is not financial advice. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that could backfire. No, yeah, I, mean, I, I think I just my comment over there was... Uh, part of my personal journey, and I think yours the same way. Like until I actually bought some Bitcoin, yeah, I never really got into it. And it, like you kind of put your money where your mouth is, and just say, "Okay, if yeah, what is this? That's nonsense. I don't have like yeah, buy some." And then once you have like you know even ten dollars in Bitcoin, you'll be like, "Hmm," and you'll check it, or you'll read yeah, about it, or you'll be tuned in, and you'll be like, "Wait a minute, there's something going on here." And then. And then it's a deep rabbit hole from there. And then I think the next step from that, once you have that and then you actually buy something with Bitcoin. Like transact or Bitcoin. You just, for, yeah, transact or just send money to someone else. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. And Sending you realize money. that it is instant. Yeah. Like instant. And final settlement. Maybe we should, yeah, and fi- yeah <laughs> maybe we should do that like yeah. on a future episode um, where we'll just have like, you send me Bitcoin. Or you could send me some. No, you could send me. <laughs> um, but no, have a couple wallets open and send yeah. that money, and it goes there instantly with no intermediaries and no like yeah. tiny, 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 tiny transaction fees. It's uh, yeah. So, we are such okay, nerds. I should say, we are such nerds, and so excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, if if there is anybody, um, like if you want to take that first step, so we like bull Bitcoin in Canada. You know, if you've heard the name, but um, so they are what's known as a non-custodial exchange. And uh, yeah, we're getting on here. So we're going to have to wrap up soon. Yeah. But um, actually, no, whatever. Just like stop listening (laughs) and listen later. (laughs) Um, No, but they, so they really believe in Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, So they don't deal with anything other than Bitcoin. They're a non-custodial exchange. Anything being like no other other cryptocurrencies or whatever. Yes. Well, or fiat. Yeah, okay. <laughs> ask him how they feel about fiat. Um, we will ask him that. When we have him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are going to have the, um, the 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 founder and CEO uh, on on an upcoming episode, um, and yeah, we'll ask him what he thinks. And like, interesting. He lives in a Bitcoin ecosystem, right. completely Bitcoin. Yeah. But uh, don't need to get into that now. Anyways, non-custodial exchange. So, what is that? People have heard about people getting rugged or having the rug pulled out from under them on some of these exchanges, right? And there's a saying in Bitcoin, not your keys, not your coins. And we'll get into that. But basically, if you have your Bitcoin on a storage device, which you should, you shouldn't have it on the internet or on an exchange. Nobody else should be holding your Bitcoin. Once you have it on a device, you will have a key 
or keys, so keywords that will allow you access to that. And this, like, this is very yeah. gross oversimplification, but yeah. basically, even I understand it. <laughs> oh, then it's my <laughs> job here is done. Um, anyway, so custodial exchange is bad. Don't let somebody else hold your Bitcoin. You hold your Bitcoin. Yeah. And harkens uh, back to the gold example where we have a custody. Uh, we, yeah. we give it to the central bank or the banker, and he custodies it for us. He holds and on. And does to all it. kinds of weird things yeah. with it. Like prints more of it. So bull Bitcoin is non-custodial, so you can use them to purchase or sell if you want uh, Bitcoin or even pay your bills using your Bitcoin, like your regular fiat bills. But um, they will not hold it for you. Right. They'll when have, you to, buy have it, to get the low down from... Uh, these guys. Yeah, absolutely. But when you buy it, you have to have a spot to put it immediately. Yeah. Because they're like, we're not holding it. We like that. That's just a bad idea. So anyways, you can go to, I don't know if the link is up yet, but it will be soon. Um, so it will be, um, what is it? Mission. And maybe we can put this in the show notes. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash two stewards. And uh, you will get, if you sign up through that link, you'll get a little bit of free Bitcoin. I think which it's like is, 20 bucks or something. Which is awesome. Yeah, super cool, right? You if, put it yeah. on a software wallet and uh, just play with it and just like get, get into it, right? Sweet. So we're actually helping people to get free Bitcoin that they can try to learn all this stuff. This is great. Absolutely. This is great. Yeah. And uh, Bull Bitcoin is a great resource if you're getting started. They will talk to you. They'll talk to you through setting up a wallet, all this stuff, right? They're in this to make money. Yeah. But they're also, they're Bitcoin evangelists. And, um, you know, not not Christian. We'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> but they are super interested in getting people off of the fiat and into yeah. Bitcoin. So, um, again, mission.bullbitcoin.com slash two stewards. <laughs> Uh, hopefully that link will be up soon. And um, yeah, you can get started on your Bitcoin journey as well. And um, yeah, we're just, I don't know, super excited. to. Uh, <laughs> this year is going to be fun. I yeah, think. yeah, I think so. Um, cool. No, uh, thanks for sharing that, Mark. Um, we should wrap this up. And uh, I think the next few episodes will definitely keep going uh, to try and describe Bitcoin more for people um we have no idea where our like our listener base is at in terms of knowledge like some people probably know what it is some people never heard the word before some people are scared of it i don't know but um we're gonna try and have some guests on too right we're we're not just gonna try brent oh we're going to we're going to have some guests on too to talk about um people that are smarter than us. yeah people who are experts who actually kind of know how to talk about these things in a clear fashion in a linear you know kind of not our kind of rambler, whatever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have some experts, and uh, like, yeah, I'm excited for. Well, I mean, for most of them, for all of them, but some, you know, even yeah. more excited. Sweet. So, now let's go. Stay tuned for that. So, yeah, thank you for listening again, folks. Until next time, steward your wealth wisely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Two Stewards Show. If you like my voice better, click subscribe. And if you like my voice better, click share. If you like both, give us a five-star rating. To interact with the show, feel free to reach out at hello at twostewards.ca. We'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, steward your wealth wisely.